You good, Harvey? Hey guys, this is Boundless. I'm David. I'm Kevin. And um, this is episode three. Thanks for tuning in. For episode three, we're actually going to turn it back. It's going to be a Q&A from episode one. So after we did episode one, for those who... I'm learning how to choose the right audio apps for you. <laughs> Technology. Episode one, um, some people had questions and asked me about it. So I figured we answered it to everyone so that they can um, at least know about it too. So, shall we get in? Yeah. Hit me with the questions, my man. So first question. Um, this is a good one. Both you and David ended up leaving your job. Is that a common thing to do once you go on this path? So... I think the short answer is going to be no. Yeah. You do not have to leave your job. Uh, <laughs> don't leave your job. Please yes. don't. Um, unless... Unless that's what you really need to do, but that is not a requirement. Um, for me, I did not intend on leaving my job. That just kind of, if you remember my story, it just kind of one thing led to the next and it just happened that way. Right. And for David, it's actually, he left his job and it wasn't even on this right. path. So I left my job because at the time it was a very stressful situation and I felt myself in like a deep depression talking with my therapist. I felt like it was the right time just to get myself out of the fire. Um, but it wasn't part of discovering spirituality that forced me to quit my job at that time. And looking back on it, it's very uh, naive to, of me to think that, you know, leaving, leaving the job was the right thing to do. But I was just so burnt out, depressed, had really bad, dark thoughts, you know, and in talking with my psychiatrist and therapist, you know, the only recommendation was uh, taking some sort of Zoloft or other medical or, or a sabbatical. Yeah. They said that. Okay. Uh huh. Um, so I felt like it was the right thing for me to do at that time. But in looking back at it, like I had grievances with the leaders that I had worked with and things that had transpired and, you know, promises that were made and not like held to me. Um, but I held grievances at that time and I was mad. But it wasn't the right way to approach things. So that's why I think the answer to this question is no, you don't need to leave your job. There's always a right thing and a right way to approach things. Um, and, and looking back on it now, I could have de definitely approached it better, but I frame it as a great thing in my life because it led me to where I am now. Um, Question, David. Yes. During that dark time for you or when you decided to leave, right. was spirituality even a thing? Not at all. Not at all. So, so it was after you left right. that you were trying to get out of this dark spot that that's when you found... Spirituality, right, right. So while working in my professional career, right, like I had tied so much of my beliefs in job titles, pay, and like the, the accolades and the brand image that you build at work, right? Like those were the things that like every leader that I had promoted and told you to like worry and care about. So I did that, you know, I worked on my brand image, I delivered good work, I got great reviews, I worked at an executive level with like the leaders. 
And I thought like, gee, I should be fulfilled, right? But those were the beliefs then, right? Like it was like work long hours and you'll be rewarded for it. Hard work pays off always, right? These were the beliefs that were ingrained in my head and I kept on going down that road. Um, but I was never happy and it took like um, <laughs> this one instance where I was applying to a management job with one of my peers because I had worked with a bunch of uh, directors and VPs and one of the director had a management position open and I wanted to go into that management route just because it offered a chance of fulfilling what I really, uh, things that made me really happy, which was being able to help people, right? I kind of prided myself on making people's lives easier and making their jobs easier because I automated things and I made great tools and all that, right? And when you make uh, their lives easier, they're happier. And that made me really happy, right? So I felt like management was the next frontier, right? Being able to help and groom people with skills that like the job might not even entail and even teach, right? And I felt like I can do that. So I got a handshake deal, I nailed the interview. It wasn't even an interview because at the time the guy was like my peer, you know, like I worked with him on so many different projects that like we're buddies. And I got a handshake offer, I had an offer sheet printed and all of a sudden it got pulled and I never really got a clean explanation. It was funny because they completely stopped talking to me and they pushed like the onus on the recruiter to tell me what went on with the uh, application process. And that got me feeling really jaded. Um, so time, a little bit more time transpired and they just ended up shifting me from the executive team to like a data uh, team. And that was so far-fetched from what I had even like, you know, imagined myself being professionally. And that's when, you know, those dark thoughts started like running rampant in my mind. I wasn't happy anymore. You know, it, my relationships really started uh, going down a dark path. I was arguing with my now wife a lot more. Uh, I was unhappy. I didn't hang out with my parents. But the most devastating thing was in all this time in working so hard to achieve what I wanted, right, in the, my professional realm, the most important thing in my life was family and I totally neglected that. Looking back on it, my grandma was in her last years and she lived in LA guys and Orange County and LA is an hour apart and I didn't give her the time of day to even go out and hang out with her on her last few months, years, you know. And I had all the opportunity in the world too and I chose to work on weekends, I chose to work at night, you know. Um, and in looking back on that and talking with my therapist and talking with my psychiatrist, it was pretty devastating. And I really broke down and that, that was when it really hit me, right? These beliefs that I held at work, right? Working long hours will make you successful or working harder will pay off, right? These beliefs made me neglect the things that I cared about the most. And it broke me because at that time when my grandma needed care my mom and my dad were always there with her by her side at the hospice at the hospital and it was tough on my parents because my parents had their nine to fives too my mom owned her own nail salon my dad works you know in his uh pharmaceutical field and those are long hours and like full of responsibility and they were there every day doing their best that they could and i couldn't even be a good son to them to help them out and that really broke me um so those therapy sessions, like we talked about in episode one, it helped, you know, like in doing that, 
it got me to realize that, hey, there were more important things in life. And that's when I really knew that I had to get out of the fire. So I left work because it was right for me at that time. And because the environment became toxic to me. But that did not lead me to the spiritual path. After I left work, I started chasing things that I thought would make me feel better. So that meant quick money, you know, a high from... So I, I started day trading, guys. And, you know, last year, the best time to trade, right? The volatility was insane. A lot of you guys, if you guys were diving into that, you guys would know. Um, it was a great environment to make a quick buck. Um, and you can see it all over YouTube. Those fake uh, financial gurus everywhere and those Twitter profiles. It offered like this, hey, let's get quick. Uh, let's get rich quick, right? And I felt like that was my way out because at that time I felt like if I can prove to them that I can make a lot of money, that would redeem my self-worth or my image some way. I was chasing false idols. But at the time, I really loved trading. And I still do. But that was when I decided to put all my eggs in that basket and have congruency in whatever I did. I decided to go all in on it. And I decided to ask for help. I said, hey, I want to be a consistently profitable trader, not for just this year, but for 10 years, for 20 years, for 25 years. I wanted to make a living out of it. And I decided to ask help from this guy that boasted consistency over a long time frame. And he said, hey, if you wanted financial freedom, go find this guy named Van Tharp and take one of his courses. But first, read this book. It's called uh, Trading Beyond the Matrix, A Red Pill for Investors. And I read the book. And the book, the core, the core of the book was 60-70% dealing with your psychology and your emotions and spirituality. And the, the remaining 40-30% was trading systems, risk management, probabilities, and all that. Um, and it was really different for me because, you know, my background with data and business analysis, um, I was very logic driven. But it dove into this realm where I never explored, right? I was raised in a Vietnamese Buddhist family that never really pressured me into any sort of religion. So I had no idea of spirituality or even any beliefs in a higher being, God, whatever it may be, right? That was when I first opened my eyes and myself to any ideas around spirituality. But it was more than that. It was diving into the self-work and understanding all your beliefs that make who you who you are, right? Because when you think about it, our lives is a collection of beliefs that we collect along the way, whether it was when we were young, when we were kids, through our parents, through what we learned in school, in college, we develop these beliefs, right? And in doing the self-work in Van Tharp's course, we really had to understand why we had certain beliefs and whether or not they were useful for trading. Because oftentimes we are subconscious to the different parts in ourselves that were ran because of certain beliefs. And that was when the ground shifting, paradigm changing, like changes happened in my mind, right? When I started really understanding all of my beliefs from the superficial stuff to the deeper identity beliefs and the spiritual beliefs, right? Beliefs about our universe and our world. When, and when we started changing those deeper beliefs, everything started changing. I became more open. I was open to this topic of God and God realization and spirituality. 
And that's actually how I met Kevin one day. I was just meditating and I asked what I needed to do for the day. And it said, go work out with Kevin because your wife's been mad at you going to the gym in the middle of the pandemic. Go do a workout outdoors and clear your mind because I saw him doing his workouts out there. He was meditating. His slogan was fitness and well-being. It was totally drastically different from what I was accustomed to. And life just led me to Kevin. And it was interesting because Kevin is from the school of oneness, which is exactly the same uh, core principles that Van Tharp had built his courses around. This oneness ideology where life is greater than, you know, you and the, the, the thought of that you're an individual that, you know, and you can explain oneness a lot better than I can. Um, so, so to answer, right, I had to quit because it was right for me at the time. But to get into the spiritual path, you do not have to quit your job. Um, and I think that's a great way to segue into our next question. Yeah. Whew. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. So, yeah, so you don't have to leave your job. That was just his thing. Um, and then my path just led me on mine. There was no intention to do so. So, question two. Um, I hear about famous people doing meditation now. Are they doing the same meditation as us? What are the different meditation practices? I'll take this question. But the short answer is? Short answer is... There are a lot of different practices and most likely they are not doing the same. Could be, but most likely there aren't because there are so many different practices. Um, I started with Headspace. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So Headspace, um, kind of the surface level, of, there's depths of meditation. Um, the first surface level is, for example, a lot of apps that we see nowadays is how to kind of center ourselves, right. how to calm down. Mm -hmm. um, how to relax your mind so we can go to sleep if you're angry how to kind of just breathe and kind of get us back into our 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 peace our normal state our normal state a base right so that's kind of surface level and that is probably for majority of the people and that's why these apps are doing very well and most people need the surface level and even within this there are so many different ways there's paths of through breathing, um, practices for mindfulness, practices for um, mantras, um, all like there's so many different ways. Right. And so that's that, right? And then on a deeper level, on like the next tier down, you do meditation to work on kind of your different bodies. For example, there's um, like Kriya, Kriya meditation or Kriya yoga. The, you do meditation to work on your energetic body. And the thing is your energetic body is more subtle. So if you're working on this and making it become more vibrant, then that also affects how you are um, personally. So now you are, if your energy body is at a higher vibration, then your mental state, your, your body, your ability to heal your digestive system also kind of because it's all connected call all connected so there's another meditation of that pranayamas using your breath to kind of activate 
your kundalini, kundalini, your chakras, those type of things. Right. Um, so there's that tier. And then on the very deeper state of meditation is actually you meditate and that's your union with all that is. The source, God, divine, whatever you want to call it. But once you get into that place, that's also a deeper state of meditation where you're really just connected to that to the universe, to the divine, how, whatever that is for you. So with all these different paths and different types of meditation, how does one even choose? Hmm. Yeah, so that's a great question. There's so many different paths, so many different layers. How do you even choose which one's the right one for you? Yeah. That's the question. Yeah. Um, add into our Q&A list. <laughs> perfect. So uh, from what I've seen, and I'm sure this could be different for everyone else, but from what I've seen is, and it might sound kind of tacky, but you don't choose it, it chooses you, kind of. And that's the, it's how both of us kind of found it. Right, right. And if you remember my story from episode one, it just came. Literally that path, that oneness path, the was lady, that lady. The, finding your life's purpose. She's the one that told me right in my face. And she told me where to go. I went there and that, like, everything resonated. Everything was just aligned and I just knew that this was it. But the key, but the key to it was you had to be open and receptive to it. Because if, if at that time when she told you, like, hey, you need to go to India, right? And your engineering brain or your engineering self, right, are different parts. If that took over, you're like, nah, there's logic and reason, you know, and I'm not going to India, right? Like, it wouldn't have never transpired. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally the key, too. So, um, so for example, the path chooses you kind right. of thing. And, for example, for you, you were looking for trading and then that guy that you were... Um, learning from learning from just happens to also have that same path from right. oneness and he's now pushing that spirituality right. and somehow it connected right. us together so it kind of led us to a specific path right um and you were talking about being open right and i'll, I'll talk about that later but ooh, bonuses <laughs> so what i was trying to get at is um it kind of chooses you and what I did during mine once I got into my path I was excited like wow what is all this new stuff that I never even knew about I started kind of just window shopping kind of trying like seeing what else is out there I follow different um, paths and spiritual practices and spiritual gurus and all of this and just kind of like dab myself in to try to get as much knowledge as as I can and then of course and that's normal um, a lot of people on this path they kind of go through and just kind of see what's right for them and then you kind of it what I see is it usually just ends up right at what you need to be and where you need to be is probably not your last one so maybe I could be on this path and then maybe down the road I've seen this a lot of times they're on a certain path and then later on it leads them to something else when they're ready right. okay there's a saying um, that when you are ready, then that guru or that path will come to you. So um, that's a very common question. It's like, how do I find my right path? Once you're ready, it will come to you. And, um, and it's true for us. 
So the other thing is, how do I know when it comes to me? And that's actually what your question is, is or what you were saying is, you gotta be open. Right, receptive. Um, you gotta be open, you gotta be receptive. And what made us open and receptive is because we were in a vulnerable state, right? We were both kind of in a dark space where like we like our beliefs have crashed down like what mm. we thought would make us happy is not right. Right, right and we were trying to figure out something so we were in that spot where we were open some people doesn't need to reach that right. space and it comes knocking in all the time but a lot of us because we have such set ways narrow-minded thinking or of just one way one way that when something comes in we're not open to it so for example if you were in your analytical mind and that spirituality came on and you were like, oh, what is this hocus pocus? Right. Not gonna fall. Yeah, that's and a great example. Led to it. Three years ago, I watched Dr. Strange, you know, he went over to India to repair his hands and like go down the spiritual path and I just watched that movie and I was like, this is silly. Yeah. But guess what, you know? I know. <laughs> if you're open to it. Yeah, things happen. Things happen. Same with me. If that lady was telling me all these things about, oh, you're going to become enlightened. And I'm like, ha, whatever. Right. And then just kind of take it for what it is and kind of move on. Right. Then you probably again, do some A-B testing today rather than making a video with me. Yeah. Know, so. Right. So just being open. And then like, how do you know if it is what, like if it's the path kind of calling you? Well, you'll kind of know. Um, there's an inner guidance we can talk about that later but you will kind of know within within you within your heart so um, the question is yes there's tons of different meditation practices different layers and within each layers there's a bunch of different paths so um, what are celebrities doing I don't know they might have their own paths uh, right. so most likely a lot of us who are doing meditation around the world could be different. Right. But don't get caught up in that. You're doing the right thing by even dabbling in it, you know, to, to calm your mind, whatever it is, to even start with the surface level because I, that's where I started. And it's a never-ending journey. You'll find your journey and you just need to be open, continue working on yourself, and it'll happen. Yeah. And with Boundless, this is really the intro. Like we're just doing seven minutes of meditation to kind of get you a taste. A lot of people who come in haven't done meditation and just kind of giving you that glimpse. That glimpse and seeing, oh wow, there is something here that um, that if it's right and it resonates with you, you can dig deeper and maybe find your own path if you wanted to go deeper in. I think that answers that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question three, um, ah, can a Christian or one of different faith become enlightened? So short answer, yes. Um, long answer, what is enlightenment? Kind of. I'm going to try to answer this pretty quickly because it can get pretty deep. Enlightenment in a very simple form, and Buddha said it, and I'm sure he said it with a purpose, Enlightenment is just the end of suffering. And when he talked about suffering, it means psychological suffering. When we're too much in our heads, when we're, when we're engulfed in fear, 
or anxiety shame. or depression, shame, guilt. Right. Like all those are psychological suffering. The regular suffering that probably the caveman had right. when they were trying to survive is no longer there for us. So now that suffering has shifted to psychological suffering. So enlightenment is really just the end of suffering. Right. So that means it really is that there's no, like, fear does not disturb you anymore. You do not become anxious. You do not become nervous. You do not worry. Um, and you just do, you just, that, that's just gone, right? And he didn't tell you what it, he told you what it is not. There's no suffering. He didn't really tell you what it is because that's a whole nother realm. Right. And I'm sure there's deeper and deeper states of it as well, but so in simple terms, it doesn't matter what your belief is right. or what your faith is. It's just the end of suffering. And um, enlightenment is one term. I mean, I've heard it in so many different ways and it's pretty much kind of pointing in the same direction. Right. Um, enlightenment, nirvana, um, awakening, awakening, consciousness consciousness christ consciousness god realization god realization um, self-realization so all of these can be similar to what that is um and it really ties into what you're talking about like those different feelings of fear guilt shame it builds out what david hawkins uh calls the levels of consciousness it goes from the, from zero to a thousand right and most people operate at like 200 right but when you go above like 600, if I remember correctly, you then are like enlightened. And then it's funny because you're, you're asking about different faiths and different religions. And we want to separate religion and faith from spirituality. But it's funny because all of these religions and all of these like leaders in those religions, I don't know if I'm using leaders correctly, but like Jesus and Buddha and all the different gods in the Hindu religion, right? They're almost all one and one of the same they all have the same message. They all, you know, are this higher plane of consciousness. And when we're able to strip back our beliefs, we can just see that, hey, their teachings were, the core teachings were almost all alike. You know, uh, so they reminded me in um, this temple is that Jesus was not Christian. He did not promote Christianity. He was actually a Jew and he just became Jesus Christ right and so that means and this can be just theory but Jesus did not create Christianity Christianity came after he passed they they thought Jesus was this great being and then created what he taught as Christianity so it was not him saying, this is my new religion. He was just probably an enlightened or now one with Christ right. or with God. God realization. God realization. Enlightened. Maybe, right. yeah, those are all terminologies that he became at this level one and then taught, himself, right? taught this way. And then there comes Christianity. Right. Buddha did not teach Buddhism. He became enlightened. He became awake. And then after that, Buddhism came because people were trying to his disciples were trying to follow and grow and, and like, teach their teach what he taught So religion came after these great beings 
And these beings could be just higher states of enlightenment, God realized. Um, so that's another, that's another um, thought. And actually, that's question number four, which is a big question. Do you believe in God? Ooh, big question. So, you know, six months ago, oh, is it six? No, I'm doing my math wrong. Uh, about eight months ago, I would have probably said no. You know, I had no background in religion, spirituality, never dabbled in any of that. But it would be silly of me to think and very arrogant of me to think that all the creation and how grand the universe is, that there isn't a higher being. So with that said, I will let you answer this with more poise and wisdom. Uh, well, for me personally, I do believe in something greater. Right. Right. And everyone and God is a tricky word because everyone has their own idea of God. Beliefs. Again, here we go. Their own idea of God. And my version of God can, and I don't know if it's the same. So I'll tell you one quick experience when I was over in India. And this was, this was my turning point. One, one process that we did um, was connecting to your divine. And at the time, I didn't know what my divine is. I didn't really know what God is. I wasn't spiritual, um, or I kind of, but I didn't really know any of these, anything divine, right? Yeah. So during this process, we went into a deep state, and this was my experience. I don't know if anyone else had this, but this was my experience. I felt this immense power, um, and power is not the right word, and I'm trying to figure out the right word, but... The closest word is love. Like I felt this immense feeling of love. So strong that I knew it was greater than anything on this world. Greater than anything I could even comprehend in my mind. It was so strong and powerful that I was crying. And I'm not usually one to cry, but not just tears, but I was sobbing because it was just so beautiful. And I just remember feeling this like, oh, we're reunited again. And I just remember that feeling, like, I'm so happy that we're, like, we're reunited. But this feeling, this experience lasted for about maybe 10, 15 minutes. And it was so powerful. And it, I knew it was beyond this world. And I remember thinking, is this, is this what God is? Or is this an enlightened state? Or is this, like, nirvana, like, I don't know what this is, but whatever it is, like this is, like I, like I want this. And I just want to be closer to it. I want to be, like, know as much as I can about it. And that was my experience. And after that, it was a switch. I still don't, uh, I still don't know if that's God. I don't know if that's enlightenment. I still don't know. I just know I had that experience. And I know it's there. It's not even a belief that, oh, there's something there. I know it for sure. Um, and to me, is that God? It could be God or it could be just one aspect of God. Like for, because during my time I had other mystical experiences and I just feel like in my, what I um, see is that if I'm going to describe God, I think God is just this huge, like this 
anything more than we can comprehend with our very limited mind. And maybe that experience of love is one aspect. And maybe that same experience of love is what Christ's consciousness is, love. And then I had another experience, a very profound experience, a very deep, deep peace of complete silence and emptiness within me that kind of felt like it pervades throughout the whole universe. I had another experience, and that could be another aspect of God. And maybe that's something that Buddha really that was awakened to. So, and then, so what I think, and this is just me, is that there's definitely something greater. You can call it God, you can call it the universe, you can call it the source, the source of where everything is formed, doesn't mm -hmm. matter, but I, to me, I know that there is something bigger. Right. And, um, and it's okay that I don't know exactly what it is. Right. But I'm completely open to it because now, since then, it wiped out all my beliefs, my limited, right. whatever, practicality, logical thinking. It's like, wow, there's, there's so much more. Right. Um, so, yes, I do believe in something and something greater. And I don't really know what that is. I can call it God because God is the word that we use that is everything right and I know that it's daunting because the word may be taboo and some people might have some grievances towards certain life experiences that may turn them away from you know believing in such but honestly right is that because your belief in God is tied to your views in religion and because of the way religion has been you know down kind of a uh, uh, a, a dirty dark you know whatever and use it as a different another way to look at it too like I was saying different terminologies right. sometimes I don't view it as God because I wasn't raised as God sometimes for example people connect with the universe right. some the people connect with the source the source or whatever that is it's right. all really the same thing right. um now it's always, oh, put it out in the universe. Oh, trust the universe. Right. Isn't that the same? 50 years, 100 years ago, it's the same thing. Oh, let God take it. Right. Or pray to God. Right. Um, Jesus, take God. the wheel. So it's just a different terminology, but it's really pointing to the same thing. But it comes back to that, your beliefs. When, you can, when you're able to shift your beliefs to frame it correctly in a way that fits your narratives then life starts changing, right? If your belief in God is that he is one that punishes you for doing bad things, right? Then isn't it better to believe that, hey, there might be a God that is all loving and encompassing of everyone, right? One with everyone else. Isn't that something much easier to believe, right? So when we start shifting our beliefs, then that's when the magic happens. And that was something that Van Tharp had taught in his course. And when we're able to frame and shift our beliefs about certain things, topics, God, God realization, when we're able to frame it correctly, that's when we can start digesting it in our own way. And everyone's different. Everyone has their own uh, belief systems. And, you know, that's the work that you're going to have to find out and do for yourself. So I have to go soon, but doesn't matter what we say um, this is my own experience and it really took me to have my own experience to discover or at least to 
be open to everything. Um, and some people, they have, for example, negative beliefs towards religion and God and makes them shun away from anything towards that direction. Right. Um, and, and that's okay too. That was your background, but just try not to let that be a limiting um, from your life experience. Do the self-work. Look at all your beliefs. It's tough because your ego will hide some of your beliefs away from you. But when you really do the self-work and review every single belief that you have and understand where they came from and why you believe in them, your eyes will start opening. There's going to be different parts of you that you may not even be aware of. And um, oftentimes those are the little parts in you that hold back your thinking. Um, so with that said, Kevin has to go. He has some training to do. Uh, thank you for the questions, guys. That means you guys are engaged. Like and subscribe. Do I sound like an influencer? Oh, my God. Like oh and subscribe, God. guys. And All right. uh, have a yeah, great day. See you guys next time. Peace.